0: Welcome to 721 Live. I'm Sam Hunter. I am glad that you're with us today. Thank you for joining us. It's Friday. Love Fridays. Fridays are always great days. We are going to we're going to be talking about prayer, but we're going to do a little sidestep as we transition towards this topic of prayer. It's going to be a really good series. I'm glad that you're with us. Before we jump into that, let me remind you that 721 Live is the radio arm of 721 Ministries. And you'll want to go to our website, 721ministries.org, 721ministries.org, because some of the things we're going to talk about today, you're going to be able to find on that website. You'll also see a link on that website to our sister website, puttinggreenblog.com, puttinggreenblog.com. On that website, you can sign up for our weekly Putting Green Devotionals come out every Thursday, free of charge, of course. You can see the books that we've pr- produced. As a matter of fact, we've got another two books coming out, which I'll tell you more about in the next couple of months. But 721ministries.org, you'll find a lot of things on that. Past radio shows. We have a Vimeo channel, YouTube channel, and we've got a lot of different things that you can engage in. So check that out for, for you. So I want to start with moving into prayer. We're going to be looking at Matthew 6 and then Matthew 7 when we eventually get to it, which may take quite some time, in the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus, he starts with, don't do things to be seen by other people. Don't give money away to be seen by other people. Don't fast to be seen by other people. Don't pray to be seen by other people. So I'm going to reverse that and just start with prayer. But before we talk about prayer, which I think it's one of the most fascinating topics. And and you'll, you'll be sure to want to tune into this because whenever I am, am with a group of people and I say, okay, raise your hand if you are very satisfied with your prayer life. Raise your hand if you feel really good about your prayer life. Raise your hand if you feel like you're doing it right. And I rarely see hands go up. So we want to address that about this doing it right thing and feeling good about it. And we will get to that. We're going to do a deep dive into that. But before we do it, I want to talk a little bit about where we are and what you're doing with your time. Where you, what, what is it that you're focusing on in life? I saw this quotation. A friend of mine sent it to me from Instagram, and I'll call this Love the Journey. And the man said, The man who loves to walk will walk further than the man who loves the destination. Johnny Jackson, whoever that is on Instagram, said that the man who loves to walk will walk further, farther than the man who loves the destination. And isn't that true? That if you love the journey, then all the other aspects, the, the milestones, the goals, the destinations, they just become byproducts of loving the journey. So as we talk about prayer, and I want to, To challenge you, encourage you, to determine today, not tomorrow, not the next day, because you might run out of time, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. To start digging deeper into your journey with Jesus, and a rich prayer life is going to enhance that journey. That journey that Jesus is always talking about, the richest of the of the the A plus life. You know, he makes that astounding statement that we've heard so many times that it becomes just. So familiar that it's possibly unfamiliar at this point, but he says in John 10:10, 10, 10, "I have come so that they may have life, and and life to the full." You see, that really animates me. This this is like a mission statement from Jesus. So stop and think about it. When God was telling Joseph to name this baby boy that's on the way, Jesus, he said, "Because he will save his people from their sins." When John the Baptist saw Jesus. That For that first time, he said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John the disciple in 1 John, he says, the reason the Son of God came was to destroy the devil's works. See, all three of those statements have to do with sin and Satan. And yes, Jesus did accomplish those things. And he is still accomplishing those things. But it's so interesting to me that Jesus said, see, they all, all three said, he has come for this reason. And Jesus said, well, I'm going to do all those things. But I'm telling you, my mission statement is for you to have life to the full. That really, that really gets me going and it gets, helps me to get focused because the Son of God, the one through whom all things were made, wants you. Yes, you listening to me right now to have his life to the full. See, this is no bread and water God we're talking about here. This is, I mean, Jesus volunteered. I can, I can almost just, and I'm being a little facetious here, but I can almost see the the Trinity having a council and talking to God, saying, now here's my plan. I want to send somebody down to to earth to be with the mankind, to show them who I am and the kind of life I have for them. And the Holy Spirit may say, said, well, I'll do it. And Jesus said, no, no. I'm going to do it because I'm watching them and they're living these C-minus lives and I want them to have the life, Father, that you want for them, the richest, the fullest of lives. So he volunteers to walk away from all of that, to walk with us, to yes, to provide us a way to be saved, yes, to deal with our sins, but also to provide a way for us to be saved from our C-minus lives and experience that fullness filled to the brim, and overflowing life. So I ask you today, are you experiencing experiencing Jesus' full life? Now, I might ask, are you even experiencing Jesus' half-full life? And the answer is probably not. But even if you're getting closer and closer, there's still so much more. And what's so interesting is, Yes, Jesus made this statement that we're all so familiar with. I, I've come so that they may have life and life to the full. But right before that, he makes a perhaps even more astounding statement. And it typically gets overlooked. But in John 10:9, the verse before, he says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. They will go in and come out and find pasture. Is Jesus saying that when we surrender our lives to him, when we allow him to be our king and we get off the throne and we get, when we get off of these silly make-believe thrones that we're all prancing around trying to be the king of the castle, that then no matter where or we go or what we face, that we can thrive and flourish in green pastures? Is that what he's saying? Could this possibly be true in this so often dreary and very often draining world? Well, yes, and yes, yes. He meant it when he said it. They will go in and go out and find pasture. I'm thinking he's thinking of his, you know, great, 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 great grandfather, King David, echoing his words in the the Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Green pastures everywhere. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. So today as we start this, New journey into prayer, I want to encourage you, challenge you, if that's necessary, to start to be really proactive and purposeful about your prayer life. Spending time with Jesus daily, even moment by moment, so that you may experience his assurance of that deeper, those deeper and richer green pastures. See, we can all go deeper, no matter where we are in our journey. And what I want is for you to learn to love the journey so that the destination is just a byproduct. But you'll walk farther because you love the journey than you would because you love the destination. So I call this, it's time. It's time to focus on what's most important in life. It's time for all of us to say, you know, I'm not going to willy-nilly this thing anymore. I'm going to really today, I'm going to start seeking and i'll need the holy spirit's help and i want the cooperation with my heavenly father and with jesus but i want to go deeper and i want to have that richer prayer life because i believe that that's where the, the a plus life to the full starts i mean wouldn't that be true in any relationship you have the better the communication the deeper the communication the richer the relationship so Along that line I came across these quotations during the during the summer and I they really stuck with me. One of them is from the Buddha and the other is from Confucius. Now don't go crazy on me. They they had some wise things to say. I don't have a Buddha statue in my house, I promise you that. I don't have any Confucius portraits in my house, but they you know from time to time they say some interesting things and and Buddha said the biggest mistake you make in life is you think you have time. You think you have time. The biggest mistake people make in life is they think they have time and i was I was reflecting on that, and I asked the men in one of our in our men's groups, what are some of the things that we would say in our mind, whether we did it consciously or subconsciously, I got time to do that later. I'll get to that later Now you think about that in your own life there are i'm sure things in your life where either consciously or subconsciously you're saying i got time to get to that later i think about uh, relationships that i should restore or reconcile that that, okay well i'll I'll do that later i'll write that letter later i'll reach out later i'll spend more time with my parents i remember sitting with my mother and father this is before my dad died 12 years ago and we were on the back porch and it was just the three of us my other three sisters weren't with us and Dad and Mom were reflecting on their life coming out of World War II and going to Georgia Tech, and they got married early on. And then after Georgia Tech, they traveled around, Dad being an engineer and with the Corps of Engineers, and they talked about their time in Wilmington and Birmingham and different things. And and I wrote it down in my Oswald Chambers daily devotional that I'd had that time with my parents, and a year later, my father couldn't remember any of that. He couldn't remember any of those stories because dementia had started to come in. See, I thought I had time for that conversation, that we would have many more of those. And we didn't have, we didn't have time for that. So you think about the things that you are thinking in your mind, I got time to do that. And one of those is probably deepening your relationship with Jesus. One of those is probably really getting focused on your prayer life, being serious and purposeful about it. So that's Buddha, Confucius. Every man has two lives. The second one begins when he realizes he has just one. Every man has two lives. The second one begins when he realizes he has just one. Now, I wonder what we would all say would be the approximate average age for someone to realize there's only just this one life. I mean, I'll be 66 on my next birthday. I have. I have for sure figured out that there's only one life left. That that clock's ticking fast. And I know those who are older than me would say, well, you, you don't even know yet. And, but wouldn't it be wonderful if I could have, back in my 30s, when I was climbing the ladder of, of business, raising a family, wouldn't it have been wonderful if I could have realized, like, this is it. This is the one life I have. Make the most of it. Every man has two lives The second one begins when he realizes he has just one. Now Jesus comes along and says, you you fool, this is Luke 12, verse 20, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? Jesus is saying, you fool, you think you have time, but you don't. You don't know how much time you have. So let's focus on what's most important in life. He goes on to say in Matthew 16, very familiar, but just think about this. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Now, I would say whoever wants to hold on to what they think they got to have to be happy. In every respect, financial, emotional, relational, whoever wants to hold on to their life that they think they have to have, well, they're going to lose it in the long run. But whoever is willing to lose their life for me will find the life to the full, the life that is truly life. Let go and focus on him and let him take control of your life. And then he goes on in verse 26, What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? I think about paraphrasing what Jesus said. What good will it be for a man or a woman to white-knuckle their way to the life that they think they have to have to be happy, only to realize later it was—it turned out just to be a C-minus life in the end. Jesus is saying, you don't have time. It's time now to get focused. So let me go on with another comparison. You know, the Buddha and Confucius, they lived around 500, 550 B.C., Here's another thing that the Buddha said. The right path starts with the right view, the right intent, and the right effort. The right path starts with the right view, the right intent, and the right effort. Well, that's good. I don't do real well on that on my own in my own power. Confucius said about the right path, he said, the way is the right path, the path of truth. And then he says this, Happy is a man who finally discovers the way, the truth, and dies immediately. I don't know if you remember the Shawshank Redemption movie, but at one point, the, the two characters are saying, look, it, 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 get busy living or get busy dying. Get busy living or get busy dying. And that's what I would say to you. Get busy living. We're not talking about dying here. We're talking about living. Confucius says, the way is the right path, which the Buddha said, the right path starts with the right view, the right intent, and the right effort. And then Confucius says, you know, happy is the man who finds the way, the truth, And then dies immediately. But Jesus says, Well, I am the way and the truth and the life. And I have the life. I'm not talking about dying here. I'm talking about living. I'm talking about the life... I think too many Christians think in turn, when they think of Jesus and salvation, they think about going to heaven when they die. And Jesus said, "No, my mission statement is that you go to heaven now. That, as he said, so often repent for the kingdom of heaven has arrived. I brought it here. You can now start to live in it. As Dallas Willard said, if you want to go to heaven, go now. Start living in the kingdom now. Don't wait. You don't have time to wait. Jesus says, Confucius and Buddha now y'all have got some good ideas but I'm the idea I'm the way and it's not about finding the way and the truth and then dying it's about finding the way of the truth and then living living my life to the full so what I want you to do when you have time go to our website 721 ministries.org we've got these posters that you can find on our website and the one I want to talk about today is our life in the flow poster. Life in the flow of the kingdom among us. You know, Jesus kept saying about living in the kingdom, living in the kingdom now. And Dallas Willard, he, the way he phrases it is life in the flow of the kingdom among us. Life in the flow. So I want you to get this picture in your mind of the kingdom of God. You can think of it in terms of a of a big plantation or a ranch or or a little, a community, or a plot of land, of course the kingdom of God has no boundaries. But Jesus said, I want you to live in the kingdom of God now. And Dallas says, and I love the way he phrases it, live in the flow of the kingdom among us now. So when I think about the river of life, which we see early on in the scriptures, we see reference throughout the scriptures, we see it in Revelation 22. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. I want you to think in terms of the kingdom of God with a river, with the river of life flowing through it. And you're in the flow of the river of life when your relationship with Jesus is part of your entire nature, your entire being, your day-to-day living. When your prayer life, now maybe you're starting to see that I'm not talking about Prayer life just in the sense of stopping and getting down on your knees and praying to your Heavenly Father or praying to Jesus. I'm, I'm talking about a ongoing conversation. First Thessalonians 5, pray continuously. Pray, keep, keep praying throughout the day, a conversational walk through life, talking with God about what we're doing together. So you're in the flow, and you're living in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I will tell you, with, with the faults that I have in my own life, and, and I've got a long way to go, and the further I go, the deeper, and the further I can see how much further there is to go. But that's not a, that's not a disappointing thing. That is a wonderful. I just say, wait a minute, look, it's this rich now, and it, it'll be even richer as I go deeper into the kingdom. But I find myself in the flow. I'm living in the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not stressing. I'm not controlling. I'm not white knuckling anything. I'm not having to save my life the way I think it's got to be. I'm. I, I've let Jesus take control. I'm living with the power of the Holy Spirit. But then I find myself drifting out of the flow. And I'm back into self-power, not joy power. I'm back into my power, self-power, not his power. And I know it when it happens. I I used to would have had no idea of the difference. But now I know when when I've started back trying to control things, starting to get anxious, starting to get that fear factor, that doubt, And then the white knuckling comes in and the loud voices comes in or the making my decisions quickly come in because I've gotten out of the flow and now I'm in self-power, not joy power. When you're in a river versus walking on the land beside the river, when you're walking on the land beside the river, you're walking in your power. When you're in the river, you're you're flowing with the river's power, the Holy Spirit power. Now, sometimes in a river, you've got to keep that paddle in the water. And sometimes you've got to pedal hard when you get into white water rapids and things. You've got to you've got your role to play, but you're not the power source. You're living with joy power, not self-power. You're living with I get to, not I got to. But you'll find yourself, no matter how long you have experienced Living in the flow of the kingdom among us, you'll find yourself getting out of the flow. We all do. We're human. And, it, and you're walking along the bank now, and it's rough, and it takes more effort, and you're getting tired, and you're starting to press. How do you be, get yourself, bump yourself back into the flow? This, I would say the simplest thing is to start a conversation with Jesus. Just start a conversation. Jesus, you know that I'm out of the flow. You know that I've gotten into self-power. You're watching me. I admit it. I confess it. I'm doing this on my own. I'm struggling to make things happen the way I feel like they have to happen. Can I just release this back to you? I'm going to just release this back to you, Jesus. And see, that's prayer. That may sound to you like a conversation, but that's what prayer is. You find yourself out of the flow of the kingdom among us and you stop yourself and you just start a conversation with Jesus. I know I'm out. I know I'm controlling. I know anxiety's getting me. I know that I'm white knuckling. I know that I'm starting to press and push. Let me just release it back to you. And feel that sense of peace and that sense of comfort and his presence that comes with that. And then you find yourself back in the flow. Now, you may still have to keep the paddle in the water. No, no we, never, we never say that, that you sit in a closet and pray and, and expect God to take care of your life. No, you, we all have a role to play in our lives, but there's a huge difference between pushing and, and controlling versus letting Him be the one in charge, abandoning the outcome to your Heavenly Father because He loves you perfectly. But the more you're in conversation with him, the more you're in prayer with him throughout the day, the easier that's going to be, the more natural that's going to be. So let me finish with this. You'll also find on our website a, a poster called Going Deeper. And you'll see on that poster that there is a, it's a picture of a day at the beach. And there are men, and because this is a men's ministry, I didn't put any women on the poster, but there are men asleep on the beach And then there's a man who's up and he's throwing the frisbee. Then there's a man that you'll see who's standing waist deep in the water. Then as you look at this poster and you imagine a beach, then there's a man, he's he's body surfing with the waves. I love that. I love to body surf. You know, the interesting thing about body surfing is it may be one of the most vivid examples of living with the power of the Holy Spirit. If you are teaching someone to ride the waves in the ocean, you know, they have to paddle. They have to get the timing right. And as they're trying to figure it out, you will have to ultimately say, look, you'll know it when you got it. You'll feel that sense of power that the ocean has given you that you don't have on your own. And you'll also feel when you miss it and the wave goes on by. You'll know it. And that is what living with the power of the Holy Spirit is like. You'll know it when you get to that point. So you've got the men that are asleep on the beach. You've got the man throwing the frisbee. You've got a man who's standing waist deep in the water. You've got a man who's who's now riding the waves. You've got another man who's out beyond the waves and he's swimming. I did that in a resort area in, in Hawaii as a matter of fact, my one trip to Hawaii and it was gorgeous. I, I'm a swimmer so it was just wonderful to be out there swimming and laps in that beautiful clear water between two boats. But then there's the man that gets on the boat and goes out a little further. And then there's the man that's snorkeling Then there's the man who's scuba diving, what I call resort diving, reef diving, reef diving. And then you've got the man on the poster who's diving real deep into a wreck, diving on a a shipwreck. Now, I remember going out in a boat in a resort area in the Caribbean or whatever, and that water's so clear, you can see so much that you can never see off the Atlantic coast. But when you put a mask on, a snorkeling mask and you roll into the water now you can see crystal clear and I remember snorkeling and seeing somebody scuba diving and saying I want to do that because I want to go deeper and stay down longer just like I want to do in my relationship with Jesus so I got certified and I did a lot of that kind of resort easy diving shallow water 30 or 40 feet and then a friend of mine said have you been out and done any wreck diving, any deeper water diving. I said, no. He said, you have to do it, Sam. You won't believe the beauty, the fish, this unbelievable experience. So I did. But you see, each one of these steps, getting off of the beach and throwing the frisbees, getting out, putting the frisbee down and getting in the water, moving from standing up in the water to riding waves, getting beyond the waves and swimming in the ocean, taking a boat out, getting off the boat and snorkeling, getting certified to do some resort diving, going to the effort of doing the deep sea diving, it all takes effort. It takes purpose. And too many people who will, who think they'd like to do some of those things think to themselves, well, I have time. I'll do that another time. But each one of these men that has gone the next step, just like my friend said to me about doing the deeper water wreck diving, you got to see this. You, you, you've got to experience this. You won't believe how this is. And that's what I would say to you. You won't believe the richness as you go deeper in your relationship. So I'm, I'm encouraging you today, not tomorrow, not next week. You may not have time. Certainly today is the time. To say, you know what? He's right. I am going to go deeper. I'm going to start today, and I'm going to start with my prayer life. And I'm not going to get hung up on whether I'm doing it right or whether I have the right words or whether I have the right emotions. I'm just going to start this on and off all day, throughout the day, throughout the week conversation with Jesus, with my Heavenly Father. I'm just going to start, and I'm going to bring him into all the, all the details. And when I feel myself out of the flow, I'm just going to say, hey, I'm out of the flow. Will you please help me get back in? Now I'll finish with this question. Do you think it's worth it? Do you think that deep water diving is worth it? And don't just nod your head and give the Sunday school answer. Jesus in Matthew 13, 43, 44 said that the kingdom of heaven is like a man that found a pearl in a field and he went and sold everything so he could buy that field. He's telling us that yes, it is worth it, but if it's, you don't really believe it's worth it, you won't today. Start making the effort. So again, the man who loves the journey will walk further than the man who loves the destination. May you learn to love the journey. I'm Sam Hunter. This is 721 Live. So long, God's peace to you. I hope to see you next Friday.